Welcome to the Constructing Greatness Podcast, where I will be sharing real stories with inspiring tradesmen and many other driven and passionate leaders in construction and various other industries. I'm your host, Nicholas Ofak, and I've been in the construction business since 1996 as a construction manager and have worked for some of the largest builders in the United States. I'm now a business owner entrepreneur, and partner in a firm where we've successfully managed to be listed on the Inc. 5000, America's fastest growing private companies three years in a row. The main purpose of this podcast is to inspire and create awareness about the value of working in the trades and to educate about the great benefits and rewarding opportunities it can create. Are you ready to take this fun journey with me? Let's do it. Did you know that you should never use paints or coatings on brick, block, stone, or mortar? It's because it needs to breathe. Instead, you can stain it to any color that you'd like, and yes, even the mortar too. Staining is 100% maintenance-free and permanent, unlike coatings. So why don't more people know about it? We wondered the same thing. M&N Masonry Staining is a South Jersey contractor that has partnered with the oldest brick staining manufacturer in the United States and is certified to use their proprietary products and over 45 years of staining knowledge. M&N is scheduling residential and commercial building estimates now. For more information, call Nick at 856-217-1750 or follow M&N Masonry Staining on any social media platform. Today's guest is a passionate and driven entrepreneur. She's an interior design expert, an ADHD advocate, and helps aspiring entrepreneurs and interior designers succeed without traditional education. I'm really excited to have this chat today with Shira Charles. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm really honored to be here. Oh, thank you for coming on and, and, and how quickly this came about. I just was super excited. I was looking back how we connected on LinkedIn. It was 2019, early 2019, and we connected and we were sent a few messages about the videos that we started. We just started doing videos around that time. And you have continued with your video progress and it's been cool to watch. I am a little bit throne right now. I didn't even realize that we had been connected and communicating <laughs> since 2019. I just saw our most recent one. I don't even know if it showed up in my messages. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I was looking back at a few messages prior to that. I'm like, oh, 2019. And then the pandemic happened and that whole black hole. And But it was, you know, I, I, I had transitioned to starting the podcast and you stayed strong with your videos, which I love watching. Thank you. Oh, you're right. 2019. You're welcome. And and one of the videos, which I think that actually sparked me reaching out, I said that you'd be perfect to come on the podcast just to share your journey, was one where you were saying how someone had reached out to you, I guess, either a friend or someone on LinkedIn asking you, like, what are you doing exactly with your videos? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I, and I get that because I had it's those been questions. Humbling. I get that. Yeah. It's funny because I in no way consider myself an expert. I'm more of, um, you know, I have a thought, it requires an action and I move on it. And it sometimes is somewhat impulsive and lacks some of the tools or information needed to professionally accomplish something. 
But if there's anything I've learned and been hearing from other coaches or professionals, it's just do it. And it doesn't matter if it's perfect. So it doesn't bother me that I started this content journey upgrade, I'll say, not having everything set up perfectly or perfectly clear and having my friends or family call me out on it. But it is funny to me that I get those responses. And it's funnier because the people who don't know me as well are like, what do you mean? What what are they questioning? Uh, you're doing X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, yes. And then I have other people going like, you know, your stuff is great. And it looks really professional. What are you doing? What are you looking to get out of this? And I'm like, really? How do you not know? <laughs> that's so funny. No, I totally resonated with it. And that's what sparked me to to reach out to you and said, you got to come on. And, and uh, again, I'm excited to have you on and uh thank you i told you you're my first podcast right <laughs> i have not done this before i love it you did tell me that and we are going to get into some good stuff so i just want to go back to i learned this from some of your videos that you didn't graduate from high school nope i mean officially i've got like a high school efficiency document of some sort from the state and no college however i think on linkedin i see some thomas edison state university I did later on a few courses online, but never anything towards a full degree. Got it. And what were you doing, I guess, by way of work? We're going to get into your business and, and how you built that. But prior to that, I, I know you were an executive assistant, design coordinator. Were you into design free that? No. So there's a lot there in history that led up to it and in, in my background, but it was a little bit funny that I kind of tripped into design. It had nothing to do. I, I wasn't really aware of any interest before that. Looking back, I can say like, oh, I did rearrange furniture often, you know, but like I did not know until six months before I opened my business that interior design was a career and that there were people behind these decisions. I just thought they were people with good taste and sense and people without it. And if there was a business that had a good design, it meant that somebody on the team had good taste and a sense of space, and they were responsible for designing. The reason I got into because in that executive assistant role, I um, was around my bosses and their conversations, sideline conversations around the millions of dollars in renovations they were doing with their, it was a healthcare company. So they were taking over different nursing homes and renovating them. So it's a lot of work going on. And I heard them complaining about things. They were working with multiple firms. So it wasn't any one particular designer's issue. And I wasn't really paying attention to it, but I was just listening to it. And I wasn't even aware of at that point in time, just how much I was a problem solver, almost as an addiction, but really as a superpower. And I've only recently learned to appreciate that about myself. And I sat in on a meeting once and I didn't really know why I was in that meeting, but I was in that meeting. And I'm listening to the designer talking and it clicked for me. I'm like, I understand why they're frustrated. I got what was between the lines and I must have made a face. And my boss looks at me, he goes, yes. And I was like, no, 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 I'm just here to listen. And he goes, okay, come on, what is it? So as politely as I could, I broke it down. And what was missing was they were spending probably millions of dollars on their marketing and their branding, and they were doing a fantastic job and had these fantastic partnerships and radio campaigns and just a real great corporate and trickle-down image and message. None of that had been communicated or married with the 
interior design and renovations they were doing in the individual homes. There wasn't any real flow in what the end user experience should be and what the messaging should be in the design. So the poor designers were having these owners come to them and show them like, you see this carpet from the hotel I was in? I, I want our home to look like this. You see this picture from this place? I, I want it to look like this. And they were like, okay. So they'd scramble and design around these things. But then the owners would be left with this feeling of like, something isn't hitting the spot. And once I was able to vocalize that, it clicked for everybody else. We started redirecting. I was all of a sudden responsible for directing the or coordinating what the designers were working on. And I ended up getting to a point of like micromanaging after just a few months of doing that for other reasons as well, I decided to leave and start my own business. But that was the only awareness experience, anything that I'd had in the field. I kind of just ran with it from there. Now, what did you do in your earlier years prior to that? I got married and became a mom and divorced very young. I think because I didn't graduate high school and I was literally told by an SAT tutor who met with me once for less than an hour for math that I shouldn't bother taking the SATs. So I had this like messaging of like, well, college and career stuff, that's not for me. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to be a mom. I'm going to have, you know, the white picket fence and I'll maybe do photography and music stuff and whatever. But once I was divorced, I didn't come from money. I didn't have any real support that I could depend on. And I had to start working, which was like a culture shock to me. When I was married, I had like worked at a clothing store a little bit and I taught as a nursery teacher for a little bit, but more just to keep myself busy. So the journey between that starting my firm, I mean, I did a little marketing. I was a a kids fitness instructor for a couple of years. I worked in corporate healthcare. I, what did I do? I don't know, like just randomness, whatever stuff. And it just led me to this. I appreciate you sharing that because, I mean, that's that's all part of how you became and where you're at today. Learn a little bit of this, learn a little bit of that and learning what your strengths and weaknesses are, which we kind of touched about prior to the recording. But this leads me to something I know you want to talk about, and, and that's your personal mission. You want to highlight the other's reality and that heartbreaking belief system, which you just talked a little bit about. Oh, yes. Touch a little bit more about that because it's powerful and I couldn't agree anymore. Oh my goodness. So the others stuff and the agreements that we have, and most of us likely need to reframe the stories we have about ourselves due to our upbringing and due to society. It is absolutely something that makes me emotional quickly. So for me, a lot of this started from not having my ADHD recognized at all growing up and only really becoming aware of it myself just a few years ago. So even after I started my business, the identity that I built, or at least I thought I built around that, it just makes me sad. When you're, and it's nobody's fault really, because back when I was in school, I was even tested for it and was told I didn't have it, but they didn't have the the research and the understanding of how it showed up and what, you know, ADHD was, what they said ADD was, and more so how it showed up for women or females. So I didn't display the classic symptoms and signs that they thought. So I just thought I was a failure. I just thought I was a disappointment. And I had that messaging reinforced 
over and over again. I just wasn't capable. I just, and eat, and it's the things that weren't verbally reinforced were reinforced by circumstances. So how come everybody else in my class was able to memorize the stuff they needed to memorize and was able to pass the classes and do the assignments? Like what was wrong with me that I couldn't sit down and do homework like a regular kid in my class did? So that, I don't think there's enough awareness out there in the current adults who grew up without the proper research and awareness to know just how much that impacted who you are and what your future is. And that leads directly into even more of that others, right? So you have the others issue in in which we have this perspective that there are just certain people who have a certain thing, who have a certain magic power, who have a certain level of intellectual capabilities or discipline. They're born with it. They're different than there's, you know, the rest of us. And we're just not those people, you know? And it's funny because we think that we have progressed past the hierarchy of, you know, you have the royals and then you have the peasants, but we have it. We've just renamed it. We've just put different qualifications to it. Okay. So it doesn't come from your bloodline necessarily, but it comes from your level of classic intellectual capabilities and self-discipline. And that's the hierarchy. And then those who don't fit the typical molds, okay, well, your job is to be in the more peasant realm and we need you for the farms, right? We need you for the warehouse jobs and for all of the other jobs that are absolutely necessary. But sometimes people go into them not wanting to be there, but thinking they're not capable of something different. I'm not going to say more because everything is about your choice and, and what you see for your future and your path. So that for me is because I went through it and because I was able to see this like before and after, which there's no real after because it's a forever journey. And the pain that I was able to release, literally the day I realized I had ADHD and how much pain it caused me, I was reading a book that my friend gave me because my daughter has ADHD. And she read this book and thought it was very insightful and would help me understand my daughter more and how to help her and how to see where it shows up. Problem was, I'm flipping through this book and with each page and each story, I was like, this really sounds like me. Like this really, and by the end of the book, I went and spoke to my psychologist and I was like, do you think? And she's like, yes, I've got notes. I've been watching this and I've, I've been waiting to see if we were going to suggest putting you on something and trying it out. I, before the call with her, when I realized the book bawled for over an hour, just sobbing tears for the little girl in me who was destroyed. Not knowing how to manage it, right? Mm-hmm. But not, not knowing how to manage it is a huge part. Understanding what it did to my identity, giving other people the ability to see that for themselves. Like, no, stop thinking you are what you are right now. And that is you before now and later. You can be anything you want, anything you want. Most people don't think that way. No, they don't. And you said some words there, and I'm just, you know, from my mental notes is choice and discipline. And they're huge. I mean, everything we do is is by choice. And discipline is hard. It's so hard. And anyone can develop it, but it takes a lot of work. And most people don't want to put in that work. It's hard. I mean, my journey of discipline still continues. You know, it's hard, you know, fitness wise. And But do you know when it's impossible? 
when you think that there's others who can do it better yeah. so why would you try and at the first sign of struggle or pain or failure you're going to you're going to give up right away why because that's reaffirming for you well they were right the others were right i am not in that category and that is why this isn't working and therefore a person who is still stuck in that agreement and has not reframed their perspective and their agreements with who they are and what is possible you're right they won't be successful i said this in one of my previous videos like if you think that you can't do something right now, you're right. You can't you won't. because you have not proven to yourself through the little micro wins of change that you are capable of anything. And until you do that and reframe that agreement of what you can and can't do, you won't be capable. You won't. Nope. Words are powerful. <laughs> what you tell yourself, what you tell others. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so good. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> Thank you for the opportunity. Hey guys, it's Nick. I have a short message from our sponsor, MPC Builders. With well over 40 years of combined construction-related experience in both the residential and commercial markets, MPC Builders services the New Jersey and Philadelphia metro areas. Check out our website at mpcbuilders.net or you can call me directly at 856 217 and I'd be happy to answer any questions you have about your construction project. You just hit seven years of Charles Interior LLC, which you're the founder. And I just want to read, you know, something that you put out there from zero knowledge or experience. I've grown my business into a successful venture with a dedicated team of seven and two offices. And you're currently working on two new startup ventures while continuing to run and build Charles Interior. And we were talking a little bit about the whole new startups and how fun that can be and, and challenging too prior to the recording. Talk a little bit about, you know, just your journey in these seven years and building, which, you know, you have now today. Wow. So actually eight years come August or something like that. It's been a remarkable journey. I am incredibly grateful for the experiences that I've had and the knowledge that I've been able to obtain. I laugh because I wouldn't do it any other way, but I also would never recommend it to anybody. It was incredibly challenging and painful. I went into it with, like I said, none of the qualifications, no experience. Just to give you a little context of how naive I was about like the adult world, even after having worked for years, just a handful of years, under five years before I started my business, after my divorce, I took a job as a kids fitness instructor for I think $17,000 a year with complete lack of awareness to even ask the question of like, well, what are my monthly expenses and we'll discover it and it wouldn't have even covered my rent. And then the shock at the end of the year of like, where'd my savings go? Like, well, so within those few years, yes, I, I learned a little bit more about financial awareness and how the world works, but it was just a few years later. So I was still incredibly naive and lacking practical education experience and information. So coming from that place and no industry experience, no real skills in the industry other than what I had taught myself online over a few months, 
I had a lot of challenges and I learned a lot the hard way. So not something I would recommend, which is actually why I built up, not to really plug it, but I built this essentials package for people who want to become interior designers or really business owners. It can really be for both, but specific to interior designer wannabes so that they can use the tools and the tips that I learned the hard way over seven years and get access to these shortcuts because why would I want somebody else to go through the same blood, sweat, and tears I did to get to this point? But I got here and it's still a growing process and a learning process. Yeah, I love the digital products that you're offering. I spent a little time checking them out and the essential package, which you referenced, which is an interior design edition, unlock your entrepreneurial potential and become a successful interior designer without a college degree. And for minimal dollars, you know, anyone that's listening, like it just, it's going to offer you so much. I'm certain of it. And, you know, just, just hearing the, the seven, eight year journey that Shira is putting out just to help progress your growth and, and to get through a lot of the roadblocks, I'm sure, and help with the knowledge. Really cool. Roadblocks, potholes, you know, the, the, there were certain things that I wasn't aware of in terms of taxes and, and financial planning for the business or legal things. There's so much there that I only learned years into it. And I have all of that listed in the essential package, which is also why I say that it's not just for interior designers. A lot of them are business books that I used or things I learned about hiring an accountant five years in a row, new accountants because of the issues I went through. You know, that that's to any business. Good stuff. And I and I see that you even offer a bad B playlist. I got to know what's on, on the playlist. What's the music of choice? <laughs> so it's, it's really an eclectic mix. And I think it's the musical version of, you know, you hear coaches like Tony Robbins, but in general, you hear the psychology of when you need to put yourself into the mindset of like, I can do anything. You do the, the what is the Wonder Woman stance or something like that. that yep. Yeah, Superman, your- Superman, yeah. Superman, yeah, okay. I'm so, sure Wonder, Wonder, Wonder Woman too, I'm sure. Probably <laughs> just- does the same thing, right. I'll do it with their legs open a little bit. And there's scientific yep. proof that mm-hmm. doing that and, and things like that and manifesting and visualizing, they directly and immediately impact your capabilities. They don't just impact it, but they totally shift it. So I'm a very musically oriented person. And actually my name means song, pleasant song. So... For me, when I, I mean, you're a business owner, right? You know that the ridiculousness of the emotional roller coaster, people don't even realize. Even the people who talk about it, unless you're in it, it's like, it could be a minute to minute mood swing of just like, I can do anything and I'm top of the world to, oh my God, what have I done? This is the worst mistake of my life. I can never do this. And then back up and then back down. So sometimes I needed slash need something external to shift my mindset of like, no, no, you need a reminder of who you are, what you're doing, and how you should be feeling. And when I put on this playlist, it's like, like a slow smirk comes on my face. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. All right, we better move. Like, this is what I'm doing. Yep. You can't stop me. Amen. So, I, I have one. I have a playlist. Yeah, I have one. <laughs> totally. And I get well, it. Well, you got to share some, some <laughs> of your songs. I, I That's how I get such an eclectic mix. I get like, from other people or where I listen to things. Yeah. Shazam it. I certainly will. And you mentioned Tony Robbins and some of them have come from, from him. Have you been to Tony Robbins? I have not. I've done sort of similar things. I don't know if you've heard of Landmark, Landmark Forum. I've heard of them. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I've heard Tony did that also. I don't know if that's true. I know people who have done Tony and who have done Landmark, but I have not done it. It, it looks like a really cool thing. And I'm a big fan of his. So yeah, my business partner, we went in 2018. It was, it was an incredible experience. Yeah. UPW, a three day experience. And, and it really opened our eyes to many, many things and just changed many things on how we were handling our, you know, personal life and definitely helped business as well. And Really? So that, that was going to be my next question. Like, I know people who have gone and I know it's a fun, motivating experience, but I don't know what the follow through impact is. So you're saying you, you really saw a difference. My mindset and health and wellness were what I got out of it. And, and it changed my mindset and health and, you know, health and wellness moving forward. Totally. It's, it's all, it's really all, all mindset and physiology and just, you know, how you can keep yourself music. Music is what he talks about tremendously, you know, and, and just the songs that keep you motivated, keep you, you know, in, in that up, up state. It's really all about your state. It's incredible. And, and I, yeah, I, we got, we got a lot out of it and we got to walk, we got, got to walk on fire. I mean, who wouldn't want to do that? You actually did that? <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Everyone I I does it. It's also one of these. Do, you know, they, they walk you through the process of why it's, it's safe and why you can do it. I'm not going to tell you, but, uh, you know, it's like 15, 12 or 15 feet of walking on, you know, hot coals. And, uh, you just got to make sure you keep moving because if, if you happen to fall or, you know, then you will get burnt. <laughs> well, isn't, isn't that a metaphor for life though? You just have to keep moving. You will be fine no matter what happens, no matter what fire is there, as long as you keep moving. <laughs> it was a really cool experience. So one thing I want to talk about too, is your passion for impact. You want to talk about that? Everybody has different types of, of superpowers in different areas of life. When it comes to giving back to the world and having an impact to make the world a better place, you have some people who, who have an affinity towards the elderly. You have some people who have an affinity towards the disabled or, or those that are ill or animals, you know, protecting from sexual predators and things like that. My draw has always been, I guess I would call it the forgotten children. It is unfathomable to me that we are a human race that, and I'm talking to myself, by the way, because I say all of this, but have not really done the things that I want to do yet, um, working on it. But we're here in the comfort of our homes and living in luxury in America, even at the worst of it. In all countries, you have children that are aware of the fact that they do not have anybody who cares anybody who's going to protect them. They have nobody who loves them. And we just carry on with our lives. You have children starving. You, when I found out, you know, I use a virtual assistant company, which by the way, is something that totally changed my business. Highly recommended out of South America. And I was talking to one of my assistants and I had told her, I, I just saw a TikTok where it was a video of this like six-year-old boy that lives on the streets and takes care of his four-year-old brother and sleeping outside in the winter. And it was like interviewing this kid in Venezuela. I'm like, does that really happen there? And she was just like, yeah, like there's always children living on the street. And I was like, how are you saying that to me? Like it's a normal thing. She's like, well, now that you mention it, I'm like, how are people going home at night, sleeping, eating? What, what Shelter. is from here? Yeah. What's in here that are just, it, it's absolutely unfathomable to me. So my commitment to how I want to make the world a better place outside of being a part of helping 
adults or young adults develop into their best selves and release agreements that don't work for them and the mentality that they have is to help solve that problem and to care for these children. I know one day I hope to be able to adopt myself, not a baby. There are so many families that are not able to have children and are able to and want to adopt infants. There are older children that are hoping and wishing that somebody would just care and help them. And it's unacceptable that we have not solved that problem. You know, you just make me think about some of the travels that I've done recently. You know, I was down in, in Costa Rica and there's areas of, you know, Costa Rica where you just, you see that. And, and I'm sure even worse than that. Now, every time I travel to just to see how different people, people live and, and just the culture and, and it's, it's, we, we haven't made, there's no doubt about it. But I love the uh, love the passion for that. So I want to shift to your passions outside of trying to build businesses and grow your current business. I see that you play tennis. I'm learning. You're learning. I have no okay. Perform play tennis. <laughs> My trainer is still giving me like sixty second sprints, of having to hit it on the right side and hit it on the left side, and I'm like, he's like, you know, we do this for like over an hour, right? I'm like. No, I'm going to need to start running. Yeah, I've never been really a physical activity person until recently. So I'm learning to play tennis. Okay. So what do you like to do outside of uh, work? I have a lot of interests. Like most things in my life, I don't really keep it simple. I like being busy with a lot of things. I like a lot of flavors. I, I like to keep things interesting. So I am learning full acrobatics, I'm going to call it, because everybody's got a misconception about it. And I take some dance classes. I am working on an art series. I actually just, I've been working on it for two years. And unfortunately, it's like kind of taking a back seat. Like if you could see my, my table here right now, it's covered in plaster and paint <laughs> because I'm not really a patient person and I don't prep the area. I just like dive in. But I just committed to having 15 pieces ready for an art dealer that I'm going to be working with July 26th, I think. So that'll be interesting to see how that comes out. But I, I work with two different mediums, canvas and some organic materials and then acrylic recycled material, making like wall sculptures, sort of. So I'm really excited about that. I love gardening. I don't think anything in life gets me as excited as planting a seed, especially from food that I've eaten and saved the seed. And then that when that little baby sprout grows, like I just become embarrassing. If you were to talking to young lady, you know, a young boy who, who doesn't know where they want to take their career. Do they want to go to college, not go to college? You know, even if it's to become what you have become, a business owner, you know, interior designer, what would be your advice to that, you know, young lady, young, young boy on how to pursue, you know, a career? Number one, whatever you think about yourself and what you're capable of and what would be permitted to you available to you in your future, you're wrong. It could be that and anything else. So drop those boundaries, drop those stories, drop those agreements and expand. You have anything in front of you. Whatever you choose, you can have. The second thing I would say, I guess it's really related, but just understanding in a little bit broader terms that everything you see and everything you've been taught is an agreement. And don't go out into the world and into your future thinking that there are just things that are as they are and that is how they should be. Nope. A 
aside from like staying within the boundaries of the law, and if I'm honest, even there I've got opinions, everything from religion to politics to future pathways, health, everything is an agreement and you can choose which agreements work for you. I'm so aligned with that and thank you for sharing. Would you want to give, you know, if anyone wants to get a hold of you, you know, your your company website, what social media you're on? Sure. So I have my website, shiracharles.com as well. And, and all of the digital products, the essentials package, the Bad B playlist, the now tool that I use as a, a person working through her ADHD and trying to remain functional. All of that's available there. And charlesinterior.com is our interior design website. And all of my socials are available through there. So appreciate you. Thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you so much. Seriously, so honored. Thanks for being my first podcast. And uh, I look forward to our our follow-ups. Absolutely. And uh, the honor is all mine. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Constructing Greatness podcast. If you enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach me directly at nicholasofac at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening.